1: Keep saying it wasn't a surprise, but the fact that President Joe Biden has pulled the plug on Keystone XL doesn't make it sting any less. The newly minted American president had long promised to cancel the permit for the $8 billion project, and he did that on day one of his term in the White House. Premier Jason Kenney calling it a gut punch and wants the federal government to impose economic sanctions against the U.S. in response
0: Let's be clear about what happened today. The leader of our closest ally retroactively vetoed approval for a pipeline that already exists and which is co-owned by a Canadian government, directly attacking by far the largest part of the Canada-U.S. trade relationship, which is our energy industry and exports.
1: The expansion, expansion project was designed to carry 830,000 barrels of crude per day from Alberta to the U.S. Gulf Coast refineries. And Alberta invested $1.5 billion in the project just a few months ago. Biden and Prime Minister Justin Trudeau have a phone call scheduled for tomorrow. Dan McTagg is the president of Canadians for Affordable Energy and a former Liberal MP. And he has some pretty strong thoughts about everything that has gone on in the past 48, 24 to 48 hours. Hours, uh, Welcome back to the show, Dan.
0: Jaylen, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having Al-
1: me. All righty. Um, I, I know everyone keeps saying it wasn't a surprise, uh, but it, it it stings like nobody's business for so many people. The premier calls it devastating. Aaron O'Toole calls it devastating. Scott Moe calls it incredibly troubling. Uh, the prime minister says we're disappointed, but acknowledge the president's decision to cancel the permit to build it. Uh, how do you describe what's happened?
0: Well, obviously, it's a diplomatic slap in the face, um, but it also uh, shows in- in- incredible ignorance of the Biden administration to a project which has very little to do, but is nevertheless the uh, really the uh, the pet project of Greens. And, of course, if you want to make a political statement, that's fine. But it's both petty and, I think, highly insulting to Canadians. Uh, of course, it doesn't uh, necessarily uh, surprise many, of course, not just because Mr. Biden may have mentioned this, but because the reaction by the government, you know, if I took, a word, uh, took, a word, uh, took away the word Keystone XL and inserted uh, uh, the uh, Energy East pipeline and took away United States and said, I didn't say Quebec, it would have the same effect. Uh, So the Prime Minister may very well be disappointed and call this devastating, but he has an opportunity tomorrow to correct the record and to actually demonstrate to Americans. uh, that This is bad for them as well. The American Petroleum Institute isn't sitting on the sidelines saying, hey, it's no big deal. And that's Mm -hmm. because, you know, uh, 40% of the oil that is sent to the United States is Canadian. And of course, uh, it's not just any type of oil, it's heavy oil, which they desperately need. They can't get it from Saudi Arabia, they can't get it from Venezuela, they can't get it from Mexico. So if you think that little of uh, of fossil fuels, and it's something that keeps your economy going, and you think so little of what this is going to cost consumers in the United States, then by all means, uh, you know, fill your boots. But the reality is that most U.S. refineries in the Gulf Coast and in the Midwest, so representing almost 80% of all the refinery capacity of the United States for the American market, needs heavy oil. And so for that, reason uh it's a it's very short-sighted it's a ridiculous decision uh taken by a government uh that so it fails a u.s government that uh, you know has made a decision that isn't only diplomatically troubling i think uh, from an energy perspective for their own consumers and their own quest for energy security this basically runs contrary to all of that so good luck mr biden you started off on a terrible uh, on a terrible footing
1: Dan, you bring up so many uh, points there, and I, and I want to go over a couple, a couple of them. Um, sure. You know, we heard uh, the Premier talk yeah, uh, about Keystone saying that, you know, this could have been part of the solution for energy transition. Uh, we have a Biden administration who is committed to, uh, you know, uh, climate change, so is, so is the Trudeau government, so that's that's interesting. But you touched on this as well about um, what it means for uh, the U.S.'s energy security Security. Can Can you expand on that a little bit? What kind of impact it, it will have on on their energy security?
0: It may have been a long time ago, for in the you know certainly for this generation that doesn't understand, but that there was a time when the United States was and the world was highly vulnerable to uh, uh, oil producers, and that uh, that had happened many many times in the '70s uh, throughout and right up to and past the Iraq War, and in fact right up until 2008 when we saw the global economic meltdown. I guess there was a perception that there was far more demand than there was supply. That's all been corrected. And one of the most important elements for the U.S. not wasn't just the miracle on fracking and horizontal drilling. Uh, the miracle was also access to the Canadian markets. And throughout the years... I'd say 1995 all the way up to 2008, 2009, what really spurred the Canadian economy and and in many respects protected it from the kind of economic downturn that so many other countries were seeing was access to our pipelines and access to our energy, which fell hand in glove with the American need for finally getting their energy security right. Energy security isn't just a a, a slogan. It's also about the ability to make independent judgments short of and free from uh, any uh, of the nations that have a rather terrible record, not just in terms of human rights, but in terms of political agenda. So, you know, we've, we've come to a period of time in which there's been extraordinary peace, less tension around the world, and yet this basically, in one fell swoop, throws us back into an era of uncertainty, especially for the Americans who have no idea what this is going to do if the Americans start to fall short on heavy oil since no one else has it any time soon.
1: Dan, it seems to me that um, we know that uh, you know during the campaign, now President Biden was saying that he was going to uh, cancel this permit if he was elect uh, elected. It-, it seems to me that there should have been more of a full court press to to uh, you know, uh, you know, talk about this, you know, months ago, not tomorrow when it's already okay. done.
0: Look, this is already done, but more important, his predecessor, uh, Obama, waited the last minute before the dying hours when he was leaving as president after his second term. After stringing along the company for years, look, uh, TransCanada Energy, uh, basically covered all of the basis, it got all the states on side. It covered all of the requests, the most rigorous of uh, of, uh, of demands that were made of the company and the pipeline itself. And in one fell swoop, all of that was set to, you know, was really pushed aside. Now, Obama, of course, to be very blunt, lied. Uh, his reasoning was basically that he wanted to appease and to uh, provide a sop uh, to the uh, the green uh, lobby which is very powerful in the United States but hasn't really been made able to break through no their only test ground has been here in Canada where a bunch of good people they use their strategies or tactics to be able to uh, undermine our, uh, our institutions and those things which preserve our uh, our wealth look I, I'm from Ontario I've never set foot in Alberta or Saskatchewan but I know damn well I'm right downtown Toronto right now I'm looking at all the big banks every single one of those banks knows full well the jobs behind it that without an insurance industry without a viable energy sector there's going to be a lot of pink slips given to Canadians who may not be returning uh, after this uh, this COVID uh, uh that's this COVID pandemic and so the decision by the United States was extremely short-sighted the Prime Minister should be taking Biden to task and say that we're friends if you want to keep it up that could change as well
1: all right. So, the, uh, Premier Kenny calling on the federal government to sit down and discuss with the Biden administration in a, in, a, in the context of a way forward. Number one, yep. is there a way forward on this?
0: Well, there's a way forward if you actually establish one uh, the prime minister was all you know uh, in a, a tizzy when it came to the much smaller aluminum and uh, steel sectors i don't know if mr kenney has re- alluded to that i certainly know that mm-hmm. we responded kid for tat we basically said we're going to sanction you right back you're going to put a tariff on our, our industries we're here to stand up for canada and you know, all of these politicians mr garneau and others who have made comments and saying well we knew mr biden was doing this that's all fine But who is going to speak for Canada? And I can tell you, Justin Trudeau's dad would never have sat back and taken this. He would have stood up for our industry. He would have stood up for Canadians one way or another, even if he didn't agree with the industry. At the end of all this, he wouldn't have been so naive as to suggest that you can somehow dump an industry and not stand up for principle. If the Americans are going to stand up for their interests, it's time for someone to stand up for Canada. If that isn't Mr. Trudeau tomorrow, then I think Mr. Trudeau uh, should be uh, reconsidering his future and give it to somebody who will stand up for Canada. We need to hear leadership in this country on an economy and on an economic import that, well, I can of which is going to affect Canadians if we can't get this through. This sends a signal: to the rest of the world can. is not a safe place to uh, to invest.
1: Uh, Dan McTagg joining us this afternoon. He's the president of Canadians for Affordable Energy, former Liberal MP, by the way, uh, as well in another lifetime. Uh, Premier Kenney says, quote, if if the U.S. refuses to have respectful dialogue, the government must must impose meaningful economic and trade sanctions. Uh, What do you think is going to come out of that phone call tomorrow? Do you expect to see any sort of meaningful economic or trade sanctions if um, uh, respectful dialogue? and a commitment to moving forward doesn't happen.
0: Well, I would expect the Prime Minister to say, uh, you know, respectfully, Mr. President, uh, congratulations, but uh, you've got it wrong, and here's why, and, and lay the case out for uh, the President. I mean, there's still an opportunity for this to be pulled back and uh, to uh, focus on other pipelines and perhaps dealing with Americans who I'm sure tickled pink with the idea of doing what Canadians have had to do, subject themselves to significant regulations. I mean, we're much cleaner. We don't have methane problems to the extent that Americans do with their frackers. So if they are really concerned about uh, emissions then help us. Help us help you make cleaner energy. Help us uh, as well to get more of our natural gas to China, so they don't build out millions and millions of uh, of uh, tons of uh, coal emissions that are about to hit us between, between now and 2030. Because China's given basically a free pass. Look, I think Americans truly understand those who are in the energy sector realize that this was nothing short of a a kick in the shins and it was unwarranted and it's for that reason alone the Prime Minister I think has a very strong case to make we've been punished we've punished ourselves with carbon taxes we've basically gone down the road of losing a quarter of our industry and all the jobs in Alberta and all the jobs that are associated with that we've done our due diligence but to punish us after the fact I mean that's just cruel and I think for all intents and purposes it doesn't set the next few years on on a very good track between Canada and the United States. It's our number one industry. It's our most important industry. It's also theirs. And it's something we can't take for granted because of what's happened in the past. Those of us know energy security know the last thing you want to do is mess with that relationship.
1: Dan, I always appreciate your time and your opinion. Thanks for joining me this afternoon.
0: My pleasure. Thanks for having me again, Jalen.
1: Yeah, take care. Dan McTagg checking in. He's the president of Canadians for Affordable Energy, former Liberal MP uh, for Scarborough-Pickering East. Of course, that's in Ontario. So um, Canada's Natural Resources Minister, Seamus O'Regan, has said that there is no promise of economic sanctions, but he, he said that Canada won't stop advocating... For the Keystone XL pipeline, he says Canada needs to show that projects like Keystone with its net zero carbon emissions commitment are a step in the right direction. But he goes on to say that an adversarial approach may not be the best way forward.